What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Talking Some Sense. Today, I was going to have a guest, but unfortunately, because of uh, miscommunication and all that, he was not able to come today. But it's okay, because he will come in another episode, episode come sometime soon. So today is just me. It's solo. Anyways, my name is Jake. You guys probably know that by now. If not, my name is Jake. And my Twitter handles are at Grand Lake Yogs and at Some Sense. So that's where you can find me. And uh, this episode, well, we have a couple things on it. For Sense, Sense update, our stand, where the Sens are in, in the standings, um, our our games this week, um, stats of this week, like uh, since since uh, our like our leading point scores and all that uh, around the NHL standings. B- before around the NHL will be before the October nineteenth games because I'm recording this at around like six o'clock, October nineteenth or yeah October nineteenth. <laughs> so yeah, uh, standings, um, stats, news, stuff like that, and we'll go into the uh, if I were in charge podcast where I talk about lines, certain changes, and all that. And yeah, that's it. Let's get right into it. This is your sense update segment of this podcast. So um, the auto senators went oh one and one this this week, and uh, they are still eighth in the Atlantic right now, and. The first game of the week was against the Minnesota Wild. I forgot what day it was, but it was an 0-2 loss. And um, I think it was... Um, I don't remember who was in net that game. It was Anderson who was net in that game, that, that game. And the next game, it was Vegas, which happened a couple nights ago. It was a 3-2 overtime... Not overtime, but a shootout loss. And it was a good game for the Sens, in my opinion. Craig Anderson played... No, Anders Nielsen played really good that game. Yes, Minnesota was... was, was Anderson not... Not too bad of a game, and Vegas was Nelson, who had he had an okay game, I think, and uh, the stats are showed. So as of right now, the Ottawa Senators before the October nineteenth games against today we're playing against um, I forget we we're, we're against Arizona. So uh, the Ottawa Senators are yeah they're o they are o one four and one for three points, and um. So your stats for the other Senators, uh, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, Vladislav Nemesnikov, and Brady Kachuk lead the team in goals with two each. In assists, Connor Brown is five po- five assists. And in points, Connor Brown and Jean-Gabriel Peugeot lead the team with five points. Which I think is okay. Connor Brown's doing a good job scoring an auto so far. Peugeot's playing pretty good good too, I guess. But it's just the start of the season. We're only six games in for the other Senators. And yeah. Anyways, um, another thing I noticed is last week I gave an update on um, on uh, Chabot's ice time, and he was fifth last last week with uh, twenty five minutes and uh, fifty eight seconds on average. Now Thomas Chabot is number one in ice time in the league with twenty six minutes and 21 seconds of average ice time, and I feel like I'll just update you guys this along the season for a little bit, probably not the entire season, but as this ice time fluctuates, I'll um, update it, I guess. Anyways, Zaitsev is still in the top 25. Last week, he was 21st with 24.30. But this week, he is 25th with 23 minutes and 50 seconds. So, they're still the top pair. They're still being used heavily. And Chabot is basically a god for Ottawa. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, that's it for that. And that's really a quick update because there hasn't been much too much for the sense this week. Not much drama either, actually. So there's not much drama to talk about. And, um, yeah, that's it for that segment. 
This next segment will be around the NHL. So, as I mentioned before, the stats and standings I will talk about right now are before the October 19th game, so it will not necessarily be the most recent when it's up, when this episode is uploaded, and I will try to work on a way so I can start bettering that. But anyways, in the Atlantic Division, I'll start the standings. The Atlantic Divisions, the Buffalo Sabres are in the lead with a 6-1-1 record, 13 points. The Boston Bruins are 5-1-1, 11 points. The Montreal Canadiens are 4-2-2 two two with 10 points for third place. Tampa Bay Lightning have a wildcard spot, 4-2-1, 9 points. The Toronto Maple Leafs have the second wildcard spot, 4-3-1, also 9 points. The Florida Panthers are 2-2-3. Two, two um, for... Give me a sec here. 7 points, I guess. The, the Detroit Red Wings are 3-5-0. For six points, the Auto Senators are one four and one for third for three points for eighth in the Atlantic Division, and um, second last in the league overall. In the Metropolitan Division, actually no. Before I go for the Metro, I will talk about the Atlantic. I'm not too too surprised with the Buffalo being on top right now. Last year they were on top at the start, and or you know how all that ended. But like, I'm not necessarily gonna hate on the Buffalo Sabers. Maybe they might actually do really good this year. But I think. I think it's not, so right now still, I'm not too sure the standings are very convincing for me yet, because like, still teams like Florida are out of the playoffs, teams like San Jose is out of the playoffs, teams like Dallas are out of the playoffs, it's kind of confusing to me, and um, so yeah, I'll just keep going. So Tampa surprised me a little bit, they're starting, starting to pick up a little bit more ever since Steven Stamkos really um, talked to me, uh, and I think it's starting to look better. Toronto's looking to find their game too, it's like there's new, basically almost an entire new decor, so it's going to take a little while to kick in. And um, I guess next division is Metro Division. So leading the, the Metro Division is Pittsburgh Penguins with a 6-2-0 record for 12 points. The Washington Capitals are in second for, for 5 Two and two record for twelve points. Carolina Hurricanes are third with a six three and zero record, twelve points. New York Islanders are third with a four three and zero record for eight points. Columbus Blue Jackets three three and one seven points for fifth in the division. New Jersey Devils two four and two for six points. The Philadelphia Flyers are two two and one for five points, and the New York Rangers are last in the division two three and zero for four points. My comments on that is. New York Rangers, like their last last episode, they were they were undefeated and they've lost all their games this week. So like it's it just goes to show how the first couple of games of the season are not very significant. Well, they are because how you start a season will really give your team momentum in the right way or the negative way. But it's don't ever predict. Your uh, your ending standings, your final standings for the NHL within your first couple weeks of the NHL. I would predict like before it even starts, before the season even starts personally. But yeah, uh, some teams are a little surprising. Columbus, they're doing remarkably well considering they lost their a lot of their offense this year. This, I mean, in the past off season, Carolina is not surprising too much. One team that's really surprising is Pittsburgh. They're doing they're leading division, but like they've. They've lost a lot of guys. Like they've lost, I can't remember who exactly they lost, but two of the players I know for sure they lost were Malkin and Bukestad. And like they're still playing pretty good. And Sidney Crosby has really stood in his head, I guess, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I should pull up some some of his stats, but I didn't think of doing so. 
And, uh, yeah, that's it for the Mat- Metro Division. For the Pacific Division, the Edmonton Oilers are in the lead with 7-1 and 14... 7-1 and his old record for 14 points. They're actually first in the league right now. The Anaheim Ducks are 6-2-0 for 12 points. The Vegas Golden Knights are 5-3-0 for 10 points. The Calgary Flames are 4-3-1 for 9 points, and they hold the first wildcard spot. The Vancouver Canucks are 4-3-0 for 8 points, second wildcard spot. The Arizona Coyotes are 3-2-1, 7 points. San Jose Sharks are 3-4-0, 6 points. LA is 2-5-0 for 4 points. The thing that surprised me a little bit with this is, um, I guess, I'm not surprised that Vancouver is doing pretty good, I guess, because like, it's, it, it's, they had it coming. They were going to really make a push soon, like this year, I thought. That's my prediction anyways. But, like, I'd, I'm i not going to say they are going to top the division or whatever. Like, I don't, like, for example, I don't think Edmonton's going to finish top with topping the division. Like, right now, um, James Neal still leads the NHL in goals, which is insane. But, like, the first two weeks in season aren't very, like I mentioned, don't don't base your entire season on the first couple weeks in the NHL. I'd say wait an entire month before you start getting an actual sense of what's going on. Vegas is playing good. Anaheim surprising me a lot, honestly. I thought they were going to take another step back this year. But, like, it doesn't really, at the same time, doesn't surprise me at the same time. Because sometimes seasons just, sometimes teams just have one bad season before bouncing back. Sometimes it happens. And Calgary's, uh, not really, no. Yeah, that's it for that. The Central Division, now. Colorado Avalanche lead the Central, 6-0-1 record for 13 points. St. Louis Blues, 3-2-3 record for 9 points. Nashville Predators, 4-3-0 for 8 points. Winnipeg Jets are 4-5-0 for 8 points. Chicago Blackhawks, 2-2-1, 5 points. Dallas, 1-7-1, 3 points. Minnesota, 1-6-1, 2 points. So the Minnesota Wild are the last team in the NHL. And the only teams in the NHL who have... One win are Yoda Senators, Dallas Stars, and Minnesota Wild. Come last week, the only teams were, who did not have a win were Yoda Senators, the Minnesota Wild, and the Chicago Blackhawks. So each team has gotten a win. So, so yeah, it's interesting. Chicago, I guess they're turning around this week, I guess, really. But like, like I said, I'm not too sold on the standings as of right now. I'll, I'll really learn more as the season progresses. And yeah. So that's it for the standings, and honestly, I'm a little surprised it took this short amount of time for this episode. So I'm assuming it's because there's no other guest this episode. It's going to be sort of a little shorter rep of an episode. So, like, my guess will probably be between 30 minutes and 45 minutes, but I still could be wrong. You never know. I could get I could get heated talking about the news. But let's go into the news now. So first thing I want to mention, well, I didn't write it down, but I'm going to mention it. I forgot to write it down, but... The Vancouver Canucks have named Bo Horvat captain, which honestly is, was the worst secret kept in the NHL everybody knew was going to happen. But I'm glad it finally did happen. And, like, it's, he's really earned it. And I liked how they had uh, Henrik Sedin. And I don't remember who was the other guy in the ice, but I'm pretty sure he was their first ever captain. I'm sorry, Vancouver fans, I cannot remember his name. But, yeah, I really liked that touch, and I really liked it all. And I, I liked that Luongo uh, trolled a little bit on Twitter, putting him in the photo, too, because they forgot... Like the captains, all the captains, and the team, you know. And but my one criticism is, why did they wait till the home opener? At the same time, I get why they did it. It's more of a spectacle if you do it at home. But like, 
if you're a captain of a team, you want to be the captain for all 82 games, not just 80 games, right? But at the same time, it probably doesn't... Like, everybody knew on the team that he was captain starting the season, so, like, it doesn't really change anything at the same time. So, he was a captain just unofficially, so, like, it still cancels out. Anyways, some... Some, I'll talk about some... Oh, I missed some stats, too. I'll talk about the... Um, I'll talk about the point-getters in the NHL. James Neal leads the NHL with nine goals. John Carlson, 14 assists, leads the NHL in assists. John Carlson and Connor McDavid lead the NHL with 17 points. So, James Neal is really liking being on the on McDavid's wing. I'm not too sure who he's playing with, but I hope it's McDavid. And Carlson is just... Came out of nowhere, really. He, I don't think, I didn't think he even saw him in the top ten points last week. But yeah, it's the Washington Capitals are booming. Anyways, back to the news. PK Subban now has a YouTube channel. I watched his video earlier today, and um, I liked it. Honestly, it's, it's interesting. And um, next thing I will mention is Jack Hughes and Capocacco both scored their first NHL goals last week, like l- last Saturday. So a week from recording today. Um, Capocacco recorded his first goal while I was recording the episode of Matthew Jacobson. I'm going to shout out to him, by the way. And, uh, honestly, it was interesting, really. So, like, yeah. Jack Hughes just scored his first goal today, too. So, a week apart, they scored their first goal. And, um, more news for the, <laughs> for the New Jersey Devils. This week has been really New Jersey Devils news, I guess. Nico Heischer signed a seven-year contract worth just above $50 million. And an, an average annual a, annual average value or whatever it is is for, so his cap hit is seven point two five million. And um, last piece of news that I will talk about on this segment is Darren Helm has been fined five k's for five five thousand dollars for an action in the game. I don't really know what the action was because I didn't I don't really watch that game and I have no opinion on it. But it's just it's significant that he got fined. And um, yeah. So, like, it's it's interesting, right? So, like, yeah, anyways. Next segment, I will talk about If I Were In Charge. Welcome to If I Were In Charge. I took a little bit of, took a little bit of a pause recording there because I had to take care of something. But anyways, um, honestly, what I would change for the Senators is, I've already mentioned my lines last week. I do a couple minor changes, but, like, the trades, I will do the same. What I would do is I would... Move Logan Brown up and bring up to the NHL so he can play fourth line time or third line time alternate with Chabot there. So, like, yeah. But, uh, as of, and I would move out Mikhail Bodker and Artem Anisimov. So, um, in, um, in lines, what I would do is first line stays the same. Brady Kachuk, Colmite, Vladislav Nemesnikov, which is actually, I think, going to be the line first line tonight against the um, Arizona Coyotes, I believe it is. But, like, yeah. So, I like this as a first line a lot. Nemesnikov is leading goal scorer, I'm pretty sure, I think. Or uh, I just had the stats. Give me a sec here. Where did I put the stats? There it is. Yes, he is leading goal scorer for the team right now with two goals. And he just played amazingly with... Um, with um he's played amazingly with um Ottawa so far. Second line I would have uh Anthony Duclair, Chris Tierney and Connor Brown. Connor Brown leads the team in points. Um last week I had 
had Ennis and Abramov on the third, on the second line, but Abramov is down in the AHL right now, so like I wouldn't do that. And uh, so I'd move up Anthony Duclair for the second line. Uh, third line I would put a Bodker, but I'd also alternate him with Rudolf Bossers to get them to get Bossers games in and help his uh, confidence. I'd put Pajot and Ennis on that line, and uh, then fourth line I would have the same uh, Scott Sabrin. I think it's his name, Scott or whatever. Sabarin, Anisim- oh, Anisimov, and Ryan are the people in the lineup right now. So I'm just doing the lineups as people who are in the NHL roster for the other Senators. And D, I would keep the same. Chabot, Zaitsev, Hainsey, Brandstrom, and Borvietsky with DeMello. Anderson's starting goalie. Nielsen's backup. That's what I would do there. But, like, I kind of give an... Or kind of explain why so I can... Why I do this. So Brady Chuck and Otter and Colin White are the... the Key key cornerstone players for 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 the, for the auto senators. They're your dynamic duo duo, I guess. So uh, I would put them two together if possible, as long as I can. And I've last have Mestikov play there because he's, I guess you call him a veteran, but like he knows what it takes to be good in any NHL. So like, he basically kind of sort of replace what Mark Stone was last year, kind of I guess. But like, not he's. He's not as good as Mark Stone. Like it's he's not even to play the same kind of game. But like leadership wise, he would fill the same kind of role on that line. And for second line, I want Anthony Duclair to be top top six minutes. Why did I, I don't even know why I put him in the bottom six last week. It's but like I would put him in the top six. He played so good for Ottawa last year. He hasn't had his shots yet to play Ottawa Ottawa key ice time in Ottawa yet, and I think he deserves it. Tierney is your second best center. And Connor Brown has just been so good, so maybe be nice on line, nice line. Third line Bodker is just it's. I think he should honestly get out of here. Like it's, I like Bodker. Don't get me wrong, but he does not have a place in the Ottawa Senators lineup. Pajo, he's an alternate captain. Put him third line center. Maybe even alternate him with Tierney once in a while. Then Tyler Ennis, I guess you don't want to really scratch Tyler Ennis because he is a nice offensive guy. He's not necessarily the greatest player out there, but you don't really want to scratch him. Then Scott Sabrin and Isimov and Ryan are just the. Last of the forwards, Sabrin's been actually he's been okay for the Senators so far. He's been pretty good. He had a fight against Reeves. He got absolutely pummeled, but like, he still showed that he's willing to do whatever it takes to play in the NHL, and I like that. Yeah, it's hurt. Bobby Ryan is just it's. I can't wait till his contract is up. No offense. Like I love Bobby Ryan. Don't get me wrong, and like, but like, he's just he's not NHL caliber anymore. It's just it's sad to see. And D pairs. I like Shabbat and Zaitsev because they've been playing good so far. Hainsey will uh will um will help Brandstrom. He'll be Brandstrom's mentor, I guess. But at the same time, Chabot is too at the same time. Just not playing on the same pair. Borvietsky and Mello is the rest of the pairing. The rest of the defense, so I'd put him there. And Anderson's a starter because Nielsen hasn't been great for Ottawa. Sure, he has a nine twenty two save percentage. It is, but his goals against average is three point oh eight. I think it is. He just he hasn't been great yet. But there's still, a, there's still a chance he can bounce back. Same thing for Anderson. Anderson hasn't been great yet, but he's Ottawa's go-to guy, and he will be for next for the foreseeable future. For this year, maybe even next year if he's still, if he resigns. I don't know. But for this year, he's Ottawa's go-to guy. It's kind of proven, honestly. I, I, Nelson, Ottawa's got a weird way of, like, dealing with goalies. For whatever reason, when a goaltender joins Ottawa, their first year at the team is outstanding. They play great. Then they decline. Like, Andrew Hammond had that ridiculous run a couple of years ago. He went 20-0-1, I think it was. 
then he was tra- not trash, but he, he he got hurt or whatever happened, and he didn't, didn't play up to those numbers next year. And by the, by the third year, he was out of the NHL. Then he brought in Mike Condon, who crazily, honestly, brought Ottawa to the playoffs that year. Because, like, Craig Anderson had family situations. His wife had cancer, so he couldn't play. But Mike Condon did a phenomenal job that year. And he's just... He hasn't been great since. He's not in the NHL either. He's in the AHL. And um, Anders Nilsson, he had a good year last year. Like, honestly, he played pretty good last year. But this year, just, no. He's So far, he hasn't had great numbers. Craig Anderson's the only goalie, really, that Ottawa's brought in who's been good for a long period of time, in my opinion. In the last, at least, the last while. Like, sure, he has bad years. But, like, the thing, the best way to describe Craig Anderson that he has, he has a good year, followed by a bad year. Brought back to an even better year. Like, every year, it's different. Like, one year is good, one year is bad. It's it's it's, it's inconsistent, but at the same time, it is. Because every two years, I guess you could say he's going to be good. But, like, I think he's starting to wind down now. I think he's... I think he should potentially maybe be traded. Not, not right now, but, like, I'd like to see him win a cup. So, maybe trade him to a team that needs a backup goalie. But I don't know where I'd trade him, though. That's a thing. I can't think. If, um... Let me see I'd maybe even trade him to Buffalo, get him maybe even to start in Buffalo, because you never never can have too many goalies. Like, maybe, no, not trade him to Edmonton. Edmonton's got their goalie situation fixed up. Maybe even trade him to Colorado as a backup to, um, back to Colorado, actually, back to Colorado to to be backup between Philip, uh, Philip, Philip, Philip Grubauer, help mentor. Because like, I like Francois, I forget his last name. I don't remember his name, but their goal, whatever the back goal, he's good, but like he's just he's really good in AHL last year. But I don't know how he feel about him being in AHL yet. But like I don't know, I just I haven't seen enough of him, or even um, yeah, it's just maybe trade him to Colorado, maybe trade him to New Jersey, maybe trade him even to Columbus, maybe even to bring Columbus back to the playoffs. Because in my opinion, Columbus is still a good team. Like they lost. They lost a lot of guys last year, but they're still a, they're still a really good team. So like trade him to a team that he can help bring the playoffs and be better. Because like Craig Anderson is honestly, in my opinion, an ideal backup who can play starter minutes if needed. So that's my take on that. I don't think it's gonna happen, but that's what I think should happen. But like what's probably gonna happen is he's gonna end career, hand his career in Ottawa Fighter Cup, and it'd be sad to see because the guy has almost three hundred career wins. I think it is. And um, he's just, he's been great for Ottawa, and yeah. So, because we don't have a guest, I'll talk why I cheer for the Ottawa Senators. And it's kind of a funny story, really. So, my family has never really been a big hockey fan, family, right? Like, my parents, well, not, nothing against them. It's everybody has their opinion. But my, my mother and my father, they both don't like the idea of people getting paid in their description, getting paid millions of dollars to chase a piece of rubber down the ice. Which, I mean, I kind of get that. <clears throat> and it's not just towards hockey, you feel that way. You feel it built that way to any professional sport. So, like, I see where they're coming from. I'm not going to talk about if I think their salary should change or not. But I do see where they're coming from. And, like, so I understand why they're not to hockey. Like what brought me really to hockey was I lived with my I lived with my grandparents for a little while and I had the opportunity to watch the local junior team play here 
And that kind of was the first thing that made me fall in love with hockey. And another thing that made me fall in love with hockey was, I guess, best way to describe it was my school every year, my my elementary school every year, had these big fun carnival nights or whatever. And there was this road hockey section where people would play road hockey. And the guy who the guy who was running that section was, at the time he was... Um, he was in high school and he was playing for the junior team, so I saw him play. And ironically enough, he, he was Matthew Pekka of Montreal Canadiens now. So, like, seeing him play kind of, like, made me fall in love with the game, I guess. And, like, I guess really um, kind of really brought me into this hockey world never since. Like, when I saw him, I said... Why aren't you in the... I remember, I remember the first conversation we ever had was, why aren't you in the NHL, I asked him. And he said something like, oh, I'm not old enough to be in the NHL. And he was really humble about it, too. Is he's saying, oh, my goal was to be in the NHL, but I don't know. You know, like, he's being really humble about it. He says, we're like, life will take me where life takes me, that kind of thing. So I like that attitude, right? And like, so like, that was my first ever conversation with him. And like, I had conversations with him throughout the next couple of years and I haven't really talked to him at all really ever since but like it's still really cool for to me that pretty much I fell in love with the game of hockey because I met someone who's good enough good caliber, caliber enough to play in the NHL it's, it's still it's something that sticks you know so that's why I cheer, cheer for hockey but the story why I cheer for the Otter Center is a little different. So, short answer, hometown team, I cheer for hometown team. Because Ottawa's the closest team to where I live, and where I lived at that point, too. So, but longer answer is a little different. So, the principal of my school has, al- has always been a massive fan of my school, of my, my, of my, I met school at that point, which ironically enough, he's the principal at my school right now, the high school school. So he changed from elementary to, to high school. So ironically enough, he cheered for the Montreal Canadiens. And whenever I could, I'd listen to him talk about hockey or talk about hockey from whenever I was in, whenever I saw him at school. Because like, I'd like to learn and like listen to people's opinions and stuff, right? And he always he's always talked about his Montreal Canadiens and whenever Montreal Canadiens won a game... And um, he would always announce it on the announcements of that next following day. Or if uh, I remember he and his son had a big bet or maybe not his son, but maybe it was son and another teacher who followed hockey. And the teacher, I think, was maybe a Toronto fan and he was a Montreal fan or something, whatever happened. And his son lost a bet because whatever team beat the Montreal Canadiens and he had to walk around school in whatever. I think maybe it was Toronto or Boston, I think. So he had to walk around the jersey of that team. And... um, yeah, just it's, I guess, with those with those experiences, I grew to really like Montreal. So Montreal, I would easily say they're my second favorite team in the NHL. My favorite is the Ottawa Senators because, because of, my first attraction was the Red in the Jersey, which you could say too is would, go to, the, the Montreal Canadiens because they have red too. But back then, my two favorite colors were blue and red, so like. I didn't want to cheer for Toronto because I knew that Toronto, like every every day I would hear how bad Toronto was and how bad it would be to cheer for Toronto with 
Ottawa or Montreal cheer for instead. So, like, I decided to cheer for... I did decide to cheer for Ottawa, but, like, when I was young, it was, like, I kind of called the Ottawa Senators the Ottawa Canadians and the Montreal Canadians. I'd call them Montreal Senators. So, like, I was kind of a little clueless and oblivious to the teams, really. But I eventually just chose the Ottawa Senators. I don't exactly know why, but, like, I do like both the Ottawa Senators and the Montreal Canadiens. That is my story of why I cheer for the Ottawa Senators. And ever since, like, my big path into hockey is of when I was a kid I always like ever since I started following hockey I always wanted to start following hockey but I never really had the opportunity to closely follow it because when I was a kid I had like restricted internet rules restricted what I could watch on tv that kind of stuff which like it's I mean I get it you're, I'm, I was a kid right so like I never really got to openly follow hockey as much as I could I just I only ever hear what was being talked around so like I never really got the opportunity to extremely follow hockey until I hit maybe grade seven or eight when I met him. I don't talk to him much nowadays, but I I really saw him as I guess not a not an idol but like I guess maybe a role model. He was a defenseman, his name was Eric. And like um he was a massive Ottawa fan and that kind of you just brought maybe even brought my uh love for Ottawa even more. I lived in Ottawa at the time too. And he was a defenseman and he loved Eric Carlson, which probably all helped me love more Eric Carlson because we'd always talk about how good Eric Carlson was, how nice his hair was, how elite of a player he was and like how good Mark Stone was, that other stuff too. So like talking more about Ottawa and stuff like that really helped me out and I guess um that's why I really cheer for Senators is now more than Montreal Canadiens. Like I'll I'll still watch Montreal game every now and then, but the Ottawa Senators are the team to my heart and probably always will be, which is a shame which is which is a shame to say considering all the the media attractions to the Ottawa Senators and and like all the um, drama with the Senators, but really that's why I love Ottawa so much because they had such an impact on me early in my life and um, yeah I went to I was able to go to my first ever NHL games last year I went to a Montreal and Ottawa preseason game in Ottawa and ironically enough I saw Matthew Matthew Pekka play that game and just it was pretty cool. And later on in the year, I watched the Edmonton Oilers game against Ottawa. It was my first regular season NHL game. And I was able to see... Um, it was the last game before the mom, before Gibushi got fired. And that's a funny story in itself and a half. Like, I had originally paid for 300 section seats. Whoops. But the guy who was sitting next to us... I was there with my buddy. I was, I was there with my buddy who decided to drive me to the game. His name was Noah. I still talk to him pretty much to this day. He's a good, he's a good friend of mine. But like... Anyways, so what happened was Noah and I both went to the 300 section seats where we were assigned and we decided um, we just sat there and we were going to go there, right? And like uh, the guy sitting next to us, he was a father of the girl who was singing the national anthem that night. I don't remember who it was, but she eventually, she wasn't really a big Senators fan. She was more of a, I think she was, I heard later on, she's more of a Montreal fan, but she, anyway, she sang the Auto Senators game that night, like the old Canada, and she decided she didn't want to stay for the game. So she gave her tickets to her dad, who's sitting in the 300 section, her 100 section seats, which were basically right behind the bench, the Ottawa, the Ottawa bench. And this guy, I don't remember his name, but he much, he much rattled the 300 section seats, which I mean, I understand it's different aspects of the game. Like, 
So he decided, like, we were, we were just talking about the game whenever, me and my buddy Noah, and he just, he tops Noah's shoulder, and he says, would you boys like an upgrade? And he's raising these tickets, and we say, what? And he, he was telling us how his daughter was the, um, was the anthem singer, and he wanted to say it there. He told us a story, which I already told you, which I already told you, listeners. Anyways, he gave us the tickets, and then we went down there, and, um, yeah, it was a fun game. And right after, he got fired, and... Story I'm not going to really talk about on this podcast because I don't really want to create too much drama with the Senators. That, like, I'll give you my opinion on Guy Boucher right now. As a person, I like Guy Boucher a lot, and he was an okay coach. The thing with Guy Boucher is, is he did not fit with the other Senators. The other Senators were like, when the other Senators were, comp- were contending, yes, he would fit in the system very well. He was like, he was a veteran. He's was, he was a guy who likes using his veterans. And his, he will rely on his defense. But when all, he's not the type of coach you want to use in a rebuild. So, like, he was fired at the right time, I guess. But at the same time, I do not like how he was fired. I don't like that. The two days before he was fired, Pierre Dorian literally said his job was safe. But two days later, he was, he was released of his duties. So I kind of didn't like that very much. But at the same time, I liked that... The other centers are finally going in the right direction towards a rebuild that they were that they were needing, but at the same time they come they could have come across it a different way. There's different ways to say, oh we're rebuilding, oh we're trying to make the playoffs or whatever. But like, yeah, that's honestly my two cents about that, and I'm not gonna talk too much about it because I don't want to create too much controversy. Anyways, that is all for this episode. You know where to find me. At some sends at Grand Lake Yogs on Twitter. You can listen to this podcast on a bunch of different platforms Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, a bunch of others. And I just got another email a couple days ago saying that we're on another platform. But yeah, just watch wherever you want, listen wherever you want, and um, um, message me on Twitter, anything, and tell me how you thought of this episode. And if you would like to become a guest on the Grand Lake. Talking Some Sense podcast. Please DM me and we will figure something out. I Like I mentioned last episode, I really want to bring as many guests as I can to the Talking Some Sense podcast. doesn't have to be Sense, Sense fans, but any any fans really, I'd like to bring anybody and anybody. A- everyone, anyone and everyone. Everyone who wants to be part of it. But yeah, that's it for me. So long. See you in the next one.